This is What's That About? The show where we look at the topics and trends that we kind of wonder, what is that about? Today's topic is the placebo effect. Don, the placebo effect, what is doing? Well, basically, the placebo effect is a simulated or otherwise medicinally ineffectual treatment for a disease or other medical condition intended to deceive the recipient. So, to <laughs> to cut a very what? scripted response short... Yeah, <laughs> that um, is the most... That set. was like a year four speech where you've gone, <laughs> Webster's Dictionary defines yeah. placebo effect as... People can't tell this on a podcast, but I was making good eye contact with everyone in the audience when I was, uh, <laughs> when I was doing that one. I was looking around the room, wasn't looking at my notes too much. Um, but basically, it's a fake pill that you give to someone. They don't know it's fake or they potentially don't know it's fake. And um, you get positive results from it. So, it kind of has treatment effects, even though it's like a sugar pill. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, they reckon that about one third of patients who take a placebo actually improve. Their symptoms improve from it. So, this is a big effect. Like, this is... This this says so much about the. I don't want to get too excited here. I got to calm down. You love this topic. <laughs> it's so interesting yeah. about just how little we know about how the mind and the body interrelate to our kind of subjective health or our experience of health. Mm. I'm on the edge of my seat, Don. I <laughs> think this is so interesting. As have you know that there isn't actually a seat there at all. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> The thing that is, is so interesting is that it's not as though you're just imagining that you're better or you're imagining that your symptoms have gone away. Like the placebo results in a genuine improvement. And there are studies where they look at the brain scans of people that have taken a placebo compared to the scans of people that have taken the actual, like say, for example, the antidepressant. Mm. And the, there are brain, the different brain areas light up, but the symptoms improve. So it's actually having a physiological reaction to the body, even though it's just a tic-tac. Like, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It is really interesting. It speaks to the, you know, I don't want to get too hippie here, but the power of the mind. It, it is, does. It really is interesting. And I actually found a study in 2008 where it is controversial, but a meta-analysis led by a particular psychologist analyzed data and concluded that 82% of the response to antidepressants was accounted for by placebos. So boom, that is enormous. It, now that was it was controversial, and I think I've, I read various studies saying that, and that was the highest percentage um, score. But there are other studies that suggest you know sixty percent, and even sixty percent is massive. So whether that's actually true or not um, is maybe up for debate by people smarter than me. But it's, but in it's the very least, saying yeah. there are there are a large proportion of cases where antidepressants are essentially having a placebo effect. Like, that is that is huge. Yeah. Because the thing that surprised me about the research into this was that lots of doctors, they said up to 50% of doctors in America will prescribe placebos as part of their usual care. Really? And they'll actually, they will legitimately give a placebo to someone. And then I think in about 2006, their medical association came out and said, well, you can't do that. You need to let people know what's a placebo. And all the Hell, doctors were like... 2006? Yeah, it seems like something from 1946. No, 2006, Whoa. the association had to come out and say, you're not allowed to do that. You've got to tell them it's a placebo. And all the doctors are like, 
but then it stops being an effective placebo if you tell them. Well, so it's this kind that's of an interesting point, to be honest, because I read a study that suggested that the placebo works even if people know they're getting a placebo, which yes. doesn't make any sense to my mind whatsoever, but the study suggests that it, it actually works. Yeah, in some cases. I think the, the, the general trend is it works better if you don't know, but there have been some studies that have shown that you can induce it even if they know it's a placebo, yeah. which is amazing. I would but probably apparently- pretend, if I got a placebo, I'd just pretend that it worked just in the off chance that I'd get a bit more sugar. That's the only thing that I... <laughs> just, I like sugar, I'll be honest. I like sugar, let's be honest. Sugar's great. <laughs> the sugar pill, that's making me feel pretty good. <laughs> but there, there are all these really bizarre things that play into how effective the placebo is. Like the colour of the pill will influence it. Then the If you get told you have to take four tablets a day versus two, you will have more of a placebo effect because like more medicine equals better. There are all these weird things around, like apparently... Valium, for example, in the US, Valium can't beat a placebo, but in France, Valium outperforms a placebo. So yeah, it's like culturally culture has a massive well. has a massive yeah. influence. Yeah, yeah, and then things like if you inject it, that's a stronger placebo effect versus if it's just a tablet. So all these little subtle things, like your attitude towards the doctor that you have, you have a good relationship with them, it's more likely to work. Like there's all these little mini things that kind of play into it, but they've even they've even shown that the placebo effect works for dogs. Like even if you don't have a conscious thought about what's happening, you can still induce it in animals. To the dog lovers out there, um, dogs do have conscious thoughts, and they love you very much. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to this man. Don't listen to the man behind the curtain. But moving on. Um, but can I say a little bit of a bit of intermission? Yeah. Can I get some feedback? I'm worried I'm a little bit too ex- too interested and excited about this topic. I've never seen so you I'm- more excited. You- <laughs> I've never seen you. His face is red. He's literally bouncing on his seat a little bit. It's, a bit- <laughs> it's very strange. Can you, think- can you tell me any reasons why the placebo works? Well, thank you for asking. Apart from the um, fact that it's a lovely, delicious sugar hit. <laughs> <laughs> there are two main theories. The first they just call the subject expectancy effect which is pretty much just that if you know what the result is supposed to be, you will unconsciously change your reaction to bring about that expected result or report that that result was achieved. It's kind of the first theory, kind of consistent with what we've been saying. But the second theory is more of a kind of a classical conditioning approach, which is the idea that just from a very young age, we get given medicine and it solves the problem. So then over time, as we get old, we have this stimulus response reaction of you're given a tablet and then you it just unconsciously creates an improvement through through classical conditioning, which I can see with, if I've got like a, like a three-year-old, she'll turn around and say, I need, I need medicine. So I can kind of see that conditioning mm. process already happening. Speaking of classical conditioning, imagine Pavlov's dog if there was a sugar pill in the area. He would be <laughs> salivating to no end. He'd be loving it. (laughs) Do you remember when we were teenagers and for some bizarre reason I entered a caption competition in the local newspaper? Yeah. And there was a, it was like a, the photo was of a massive dog and there was a butcher standing under it with a pile of sausages. And then my winning caption was Pavlov's dog, no one ring a bell or I'll drown. Yeah. You're still pretty that's, proud of that, aren't you? That's champagne comedy and... Champagne captioning. 
campaign captioning. Yeah. I think I won a $50 voucher to a local hardware store. Did you? What did you spend that on when you were 15 years old? Um, I think I bought the ingredients for a bong. (laughs) The ingredients? (laughs) You can tell I've never used a bong because I I use ingredients. (laughs) Ingredients. I think that's the first time you've ever said the word bong as well. It is. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is actually the first time. Could I have the ingredients to a bong, please? <laughs> you, I bet you probably put man at the end as well. Man, can I? <laughs> um, <laughs> I've just choked a massive doobie and I've got the munchies. That's the... Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> good. <laughs> choked, is that, is that the term? I've just made that up as well. Uh, I like that. that. Actually really it sounds a bit sus. Yeah. Um, the because apparently that's one of the other things of placebo effect. If you tell people that they're drinking alcohol or they're taking drugs mm-hmm. and they're not, they will actually act as though they are. Yeah, there's actually it's on YouTube and I looked it up. There's a there was like a college party and they told everyone it was alcoholic beer, like a keg, and everyone was just drinking it and they were acting like idiots. Just like a normal party, um, I guess. And uh, yeah. No alcohol. Yeah. Very interesting. So you can go on YouTube and look at that. It's very funny. Um, so the word placebo is actually Latin for I will please or I shall please and has origins back to, I think, the 14th century when people used to go to funerals to kind of pat out the numbers and pretend to be upset in order to honour the person's life that had died. They were really? called placebos. That's, is that right? That's yeah, that's the origin of it. That's really nice. Which, it is really nice. Yeah. I kind of think I could I could do with a few placebos on Facebook. I love a placebo on Facebook. Just what's your people... friend count at the moment? Do you know? I've got about I've got I've got nearly two hundred friends. Oh, that's more than me. Give me but... some of your placebos, and uh... <laughs> but more I need I need the placebos around liking and commenting. Yeah, yeah. I don't get any. any uh, love I'm not there. breaking out of single single digits. Yeah, yeah. Where does where do I procure some placebos? Why don't you tell the story of your. Uh... Engagement announcement. Well, thanks for thanks for opening that wound that that had just <laughs> closed over. <laughs> so Tamara and I got engaged, and I've hit Facebook with a huzzah, getting getting engaged kind of message. Yeah, and I got two likes, <laughs> two and likes. two likes and two comments. One of which was our brother saying. I'm only commenting on this so you don't feel like such a loser. And the other, I think, was from you, which was just a link to a picture of a tumbleweed. <laughs> Placebos would have been very handy there. Ah, oh, they, they could have saved my bacon then. <laughs> Did you look into nocebo? Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us so about nocebo that. is basically, it's the opposite effect of placebo. So if someone has something that they have preconceived notions that it's going to cause them harm or do some damage, they're going to experience negative side effects from taking it. So it's the complete opposite of placebo. But really the same um, comes down to what you believe, I guess, before taking the pill. If you think it potentially will help, you may get better you know, symptom resolution. And if you think it's going to hurt, you might get worse symptoms. Yeah, and I also heard it explained as... You, you get given a, a placebo and they say, yeah, it might improve your mood, but you're going to have like a dry mouth. Then you will experience both the expected mood, but also the side effects that go with that mood, even though it's just, you've just taken a tic-tac. I even noticed 
there was this particular study where placebo surgeries were actually effective in curing actual injuries. That's that just takes it to the next level. Yeah, yeah. Like you go in saying I've done my Achilles tendon and they'll do a pretend injury on your Achilles tendon. Like maybe Achilles tendon's not a good example. <laughs> that's that's actually going to yeah. be hard to um, to, to think through. I think but, yeah, certain like arthroscopic surgery, which is sort of like fairly minor sort of knee surgery where they pretend to, you know, remove a little bit of cartilage. Some people reported that the pain was much better after the surgery, even though they didn't actually have anything done. They just cut them open and sewed them up. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, back in the old days, before ethics were invented, you know, like the 20s and 30s, they used to, people with, like, um, heart disease, people that needed bypass, coronary bypass surgery, they would just decide to do an experiment on them without getting consent. So they'd cut them open. They wouldn't do anything. They wouldn't, you know... Maybe not the 30s. I'm not sure they were doing bypass surgery that early, but before there was good ethics, they'll just cut them open, sew them up, and then see what happened. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, very, very unethical, but very interesting at the same time just to see the reaction. Um, that's so I'm interesting. I'm pretty sure it kinda... died. I don't, I don't I'm pretty sure that. <laughs> I think it was a bad, bad decision by the doctor, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hypothesis confirmed. Yeah, yeah. That's a funny thing with ethics, I think. Like, if the ethics didn't exist, medical knowledge and research would be miles ahead. <laughs> Let's just be honest, it would. It'd well, be remember, evil. you had an idea. We'd be living in an evil world, but, uh, yeah. You, you once had an idea where you were calling for, let's just have a year off ethics and see I'm not sure what I was calling for it. I you were I- campaigning for it. <laughs> Listen, I made a couple of posters and a couple of leaflets. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. It was just from the home printer. Come on. <laughs> Let's just have a year off and warn everyone, if you're going to get involved in, in research, yeah, you, you, you're running a risk. Yeah. But let's actually just find out some interesting things for 12 months and yeah. then back on back with ethics. And that's, the interesting thing is, and this is getting into some pretty crazy ground, but the Nazis did some horrible, horrible studies on people, um, which rightfully so, would never be approved today. But because of that, there's a lot of information in terms of science and medicine that has proved beneficial since. So, Mm. yeah, like it's not something that gets acknowledged very often because anything... It's funny suggesting that anything the Nazis did turned to positive because the 99% of what they did was terrible. But in terms of this stuff, the knowledge they gained ended up improving people's lives down the track. However, rightfully so, it would never be approved now because it was terrible. But it is interesting that um, useful knowledge has come out of those terrible um, experiments. Yeah, I think you've walked that tightrope beautifully. Thank you. That Thank was... you very much. <laughs> <laughs> that was well done. That was Did delicate, I mention, but I did think I mention that they were terrible, terrible experiments? Yeah, terrible. Horrible. Horrible. Yeah, they were. That's... Yeah. One of my most interesting um, placebo fun facts is that apparently there was a review of unpublished research data that found that 45% of final stage clinical trials, so the last test before it becomes publicly available, the treatment couldn't beat the placebo. 45%. So that's, yeah, that's nearly really one in yeah. two. 
that that just takes everything and turns it upside down. Another thing I thought I sort of found out was that a lot of people, and this is somewhat controversial, is that a lot of people attribute the efficacy of alternative medicine to the actually the placebo effect. So mm. um, there's an interesting the- series, I think it's on YouTube, it's by Penn and Teller, who are, they're actually just magicians, but there is a series called Bullshit, which sort of wanted to poke holes in any sort of existing things they didn't think worked. So a lot of alternative therapies like Reiki, 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 Reiki? How do I pronounce yeah, that? Reiki, Reiki, I don't know, I don't know. One of those ones, chiropractors, Jeez, m- the, magnet there's already therapy. a tone in your voice. Jeez, there's a tone in your voice. <laughs> very, they were very convincing. Anyway, <laughs> they they, attrib- they attributed um, all those effects to the placebo effect and not actually any any real effect. And homeopathy is another thing that came up recently that uh, generally I think it's accepted that it's been debunked, but any positive effect people feel is probably due to the placebo effect. That's interesting because I remember there was actually I read a, a little article kind of saying that one of the main researchers into the placebo effect actually started out as an acupuncturist, I think. Oh, really? And there were situations where he hadn't... He hadn't actually performed the procedure of acupuncture, but his patient was reporting improvements. And then it made him think, I haven't bloody done anything. And then that got him questioning that response. And now he's actually one of, he's left acupuncture and he's one of the main placebo researchers. Yeah, I read exactly the same thing. They did real acupuncture. So they, they pinpointed the exact spots that they're supposed to be in terms of the theories of acupuncture. And then they did just random... Points and they did. They've done the same thing with chiropractors. Have done the proper manipulations, as per the theory of chiropractic, and then they've done just random, almost like a massage, just random things. And they came up with essentially the same, the same results, which sort of debunks their theories. But it's yeah, it's all due to the uh, the placebo. There's another funny scene in that bullshit series where they're interviewing this woman. And she was putting magnets. She sprained her ankle and she put magnets on. And she was saying something like, oh, it's been fantastic. I love magnets. You put them on. Four or five weeks later, it was all fixed. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. That's fantastic. (laughs) You always imagine the... If you're one of the... If you're someone that practices a, a, a form of treatment which gets shown up to be not effective and... The, just that moment when the penny drops and you're driving home from work. Like, if you were that acupuncturist, the day that he realised, I haven't done anything and it's having an effect, mm. that drive, that long drive home going, oh, this is a little bit awkward. Do you think he's just what, changing his now? business cards to placeboist? <laughs> Professional placeboist. <laughs> um, so, that is, that's the long and the short of the placebo effect. If you like this episode... You know, give it a give it a share or give it a review on iTunes. Very happy to accept that just being a placebo response. Yeah, if yeah, you just want to pretend that you liked it and, and give it a review, that'd be excellent. Um, and if you don't want to, just go to the Sugar Pill Podcast and uh, give them a good review because <laughs> they do some good work. <laughs> they do some excellent work. <laughs> okay, that's, that's us done. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.